Heritage Foundation. I'm Michelle Cordero, and this is Mass Have. On this vote, the yeas are 227 and the nays are 203. The conference report is adopted without objection. The motion to reconsider is laid upon the table. This just crossing right now, just coming in Bank of New York Mellon, just announcing it will raise wages for 1,000 of its employees. This, as Apple says, it's going to create 20,000 new jobs and bring back billions of dollars from overseas. And they're all saying, you know why? Tax reform. A lot of you are seeing a bigger paycheck starting today. The new tax cuts, keeping more money in your pockets. So this is going to be the biggest tax cut and the largest tax reform in the history of our country. Unemployment is at a 17-year low, and wages are rising faster than they have since 2009. Hundreds of businesses have announced raises, bonuses, and new investments directly benefiting millions of Americans. But just as we're about to celebrate, sadly, Congress is on its way to undo it all. This week, we sat down with Adam Michelle a policy analyst in Heritage's Thomas A. Rowe Institute for Economic Policy Studies, to talk about how Congress is ruining tax reform. Hey, Adam, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me on. Adam, you recently wrote that Congress and the president are repeating mistakes of history, that portions of both the Reagan tax cuts in the early 1980s and the Bush tax cuts again in the early 2000s were ultimately reversed. Can you give us a little bit of a history lesson here? What exactly happened? Yeah, so when when Congress doesn't have the the motivation to actually reduce spending there there we see this time and time again that pressure is put on on them to to reverse tax cuts that they put into place and, and as you said the the sort of first round of Reagan's tax cuts in the early 1980s 1981 uh, which were actually the larger of the two Reagan tax cuts were ultimately in 1982 and then 1984 pared back some of the the business tax reforms that actually boosted the economy the most were were slowly rolled back there were some other taxes that were they were rolled back as well and and so and the pressure there was explicitly from the need for more revenue to fund the spending that was just sort of out of control or continuing on autopilot uh, and, and then, and it's not just rolling back taxes. Congress tends to look for new types of taxes. There was a payroll tax increase um, during that period of time as well. And there's a similar story in the in the 2000s. What's the likelihood, after we've seen the success of President Trump and Congress's tax reform, that this will happen again? The fear of this happening again is even more apparent in the current scenario. We have a tax reform package that is largely temporary. Most of it expires after 2025. And then on top of that, Congress is not only continuing to spend as much as they did previously, but they're piling more spending on top of that. Uh, The recent omnibus that was just passed uh, is the return of trillion dollar deficits into the future. And so if you think about we play this out in our minds in five, six years when we need to start thinking about extending these these tax cuts, the the argument to to make them permanent is just that much harder if we can't get uh, Washington's fiscal policy in order by reducing spending. And and that's what this is a spending problem. We we certainly didn't get $20 trillion in debt because we haven't taxed folks enough. So tax reform expires in 2025? Most of it, yes. So 
does that mean that the increases that myself or any other American saw in their paycheck when we get to 2025, do we make less money? Do we see that roll back? Yes, that's exactly what happens. If you're if you got that thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollar tax cut, fifty dollars in each paycheck, that will ultimately go away if these ta- if the tax cuts are allowed to expire. And what that ultimately looks like is, I would assume Congress will let some of it expire and other pieces of it not, but they will ultimately have to let the majority of it expire if they can't get that spending under control. So I, I like to to think that every person that has received a tax cut recently should be a newly minted deficit hawk that that if you, if we don't focus on that spending piece the the tax cuts are, are largely irrelevant in the long run. Can you give me another scenario where where we can connect the dots for our listeners in which something could happen in Congress that would, you know, in terms of spending and and decisions that are made that would directly affect their wallet? So the the threat of undoing some of these tax reforms is, I think, apparent in a recent proposal that the Democrats put out for additional funding for transportation projects, and it's paired with pay-fors through the in the form of tax increases. And they have, they have several different increases. One of them is increasing the, the corporate income tax to twenty five percent, up from the current twenty one percent under the tax reform. And I think we'll see this play out over and over again. Is there'll be proposals for we just need to roll back this piece of the tax cut for this good thing we want. And that's the wrong discussion we should be having. The discussion should be, look at all the things we're already spending money on. Which of these is is duplicative? Which of, which of them is growing significantly faster than the economy? Where, where, is, where are the biggest problems in the, in the federal budget? And how do we rein those in rather than uh, asking the American people to, to just fork over more and more of their paycheck? And then you mentioned that it's not just directly affecting our paycheck, right, but the overall economy. Exactly. So your paycheck is is affected through the payroll taxes and through income taxes, but there's a whole bunch of other taxes out there, the biggest one being the corporate income tax. And what we know is that business taxes ultimately fall on workers and that, that when business taxes go down, workers' wages go up because businesses tend to pass that cost on to workers. And that is then compounded throughout the economy. So when we can, when we, we can lower taxes for businesses and individuals, we see that, that the economy does better, that people are spending money in ways that benefit them rather than sending it to Washington. And businesses open factories here, expand uh, into, into new areas, uh, innovate here. And those things are all ultimately beneficial to every American. So I guess the next the next question is is and I think I speak for most conservatives, how do we fix this? I feel like we haven't seen Washington stop spending the way they've been spending in a really long time. They just passed this 1.3 trillion dollar spending bill. Is the damage done? Is it too late? How do we fix this? So a lot of damage has been done, but I, I don't think it's too late. We have to re-energize around the idea that the federal government is way too big. The, when we look at the deficit or the debt, these are easy ways to sort of quantify the size of the government. But the real impact is what all that spending is doing to the economy, that when the government subsidizes, oversubsidizes health care, 
it, healthcare costs grow exponentially. When the government gets involved in higher education, education costs balloon out of control. And whenever the gov- federal government gets involved in something, the the incentives go go askew, and and the economy no longer works the way it it it, it should should be working. And that's the real danger of a government that is too large and spending too much. And so the motivation has to come from the American people to, to tell Washington to put the brakes on this ever-expanding government. It's simple when I say it like this, but if we were just to reduce the growth rate in government spending from the assumed 5% increase each year to about 2%, keeping up with inflation, we could balance the budget in about 10 years. That, so that's just reducing the growth rate of government is, is, is really what all we're talking about to really get to balance. And, that's, and that just seems to be too difficult for Washington to wrap their heads around. Thanks so much, Adam. Thanks for having me on. And that's it for this episode of Mass Ave. If you like today's podcast, please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave us a comment and let us know what you think. You could do that on Facebook or iTunes. Mass Ave is produced by Michelle Cordero with editing by Thalia Rampersad. 